Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Shalom Bayer, Shir number 376. In the previous Shir 375, we were talking about the art of apology, and how important it is to apologize the right way, although it's a hard thing to do, because it means you're taking responsibility and owning up to your errors, and you're admitting that you were wrong, and you're doing that even if you have some resistance and feel that your spouse was also wrong, so it takes courage and vulnerability, but is it a key, mature, adult thing to do that helps tremendously heal marriages in the most unbelievable way? And today we're going to continue that subject to talk about that just like it's difficult to apologize, it's also difficult to accept apology. And as a mature adult, and as a to help facilitate this healing process, the one who was hurt and was given the apology, the sincere apology, needs to learn how to forgive. Because sometimes one spouse will express genuine remorse and ask forgiveness and even apologize again and again profusely. And the other spouse will not accept the apology. So the question is, that's a hard thing to do. What happens if your spouse regrets what they did, apologize sincerely, changing their behaviors, and you still find it incredibly difficult to accept that apology. In your brain, you know you want to. Emotionally, you have a hard time accepting this. And he explains, Robert C. and Schaefer, that the first thing you do is you self-talk. You start talking to yourself and encouraging yourself to apologize. So, for example, a wife could say, I know my husband's nice. He's usually very considerate, and he wants me to be happy. And he most likely did not mean it. And he didn't realize probably like men are men that they don't even realize what they're doing. They're different. And what bothers women doesn't seem to bother them. And they're different emotionally. He experiences things differently. Probably doesn't realize how hurtful what he did was. And I don't want to be in this place anymore. I want to become close again with him. And I don't, I want things to go back to the way it was in good times. You have to do that self-talk to yourself. I gave the example with the wife, but it goes with the husband, the same thing. He needs to self-talk into learning. His wife apologized to him to talk to himself, realize I love her. She's good. She has good midas. And and she she expressed her, 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 her um, regrets. And I need to let go. I need to apologize, uh, to accept the apology with a full heart. So you have to really talk to yourself, have that internal conversation to learn how to let go and to let go. And here is really the key, which is a yesite that he says. Sometimes you don't want to let go because you want to still get even with your husband or wife. Remember that. It's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to accept. But if you look deep down, very often the resistance, the hurt party, that was hurt, and the other spouse caught on and apologized profusely and acknowledged it, sometimes we have this within us that we don't want to let go because we feel we want to punish our spouse further. You want to hurt them a little more to realize, you know, I want to get even. You hurt me this way. I'm not going to let you off the hook. And you could apologize, but I'm going to still not accept your apology to leave you dangling because you hurt me and I want to show you. And it's an understandable human emotion, 
but it's very important to try to overcome that mida as much as possible and as quick as possible. It's a very toxic thing. Again, these are things where your emotions play with you. And you say, I have a right to feel this hurt. And you have this resistance. You're going to feel it within you. I don't want to forgive. I would rather let him or her dangle and show that I'm still mad at them. Because I want to get even, or I want to show that I still have power, or I want to show that I'm not, I'm not vulnerable. Uh, uh, and it's very important to overcome that. And if you're brutally honest with yourself, you'll realize this is going on. That you were hurt, but your wife or husband did apologize deeply. The smartest thing, the wisest thing, the healthy emotional thing is to let go and, and accept the apology fully and move on. But you find resistance going on. And you need to fight that resistance. Inside you're screaming, you know what he did to me, you know what she did me to me. They're not going to get away with it. Or they can't just get away with just saying, I'm sorry and walk away. I'm going to even the score they're going to pay. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to show it's not easy to, you know. No. Because the goal is not to get even. The goal is to be happy. The goal is to have a wonderful marriage. And... Basically, your own sense of injustice is stopping you from accepting that apology, and that is causing you to get stuck, the marriage to get stuck, the relationship to get stuck. Because no matter how sincere an apology is, it could only work if it's accepted, and it needs to be accepted. And you need to step up to the plate and acknowledge that. Your husband or wife apologize, they feel bad, and you know that that's true. And I have a choice now. I could wallow in my anger and resentment and I could be miserable and try to even the score and show that I'm not willing to forgive or I could let go and heal the situation. So that is a very, very important side. A lot of people, you have to remember also, is that they suffer from this short-term amnesia. When they were hurt by their husband or their wife, and that's what happened. And then let's say they truly hurt them. And they apologized, whatever. But what's happening is, is you forget. You have a short memory and you don't realize there were many, many times where you were not the receiving end and you were not the hurt party. You were the one who hurt. Just right now, that's not the case. Right now, you are the hurt party. But there were many cases and many situations where you hurt your spouse and you offended your spouse. It caused pain to your spouse. But you forget about it right now because you're hurt so one thing that could help sometimes is if you, let's say you were hurt and your spouse did apologize and you're saying in your head i can't just forgive them but if you step back and honestly analyze the situation number one is that you may have played a role in this particular fight even though your spouse was mostly wrong you have contributed maybe to it and even if you did not but there were other scenarios just a day ago, just an hour ago, just a week ago, where you hurt your spouse. And you were not only the hurt party, but you hurt your spouse. So that is a perspective that one needs to hop when they were hurt and they were apologized to, to let go and accept that apology. The key with fights, really, he talks about how to fight. The truth is, rule number one and number two and number three is don't fight. Do everything you can not to fight. That doesn't mean you can't disagree, but the fighting is 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 usually damaging. 
So it's very, very important. So he talks about if you do end up getting into these disagreements, how to be careful that it should not escalate into a big fight. And rule number one of it is, is that you stay local to the topic at hand and don't go global and make these huge global statements, right? So that's a very important thing. The never and always thing. Like you never take out the garbage. You're always late. You never say the right thing. You're always embarrassing me. Those are global statements because you're using the words never and always. Is it true that he never takes out the garbage? Not true. He takes it out many, many times. Is it true she's always late? Not true. Is he always embarrassing you? Not true. What she means is that she felt embarrassed in a particular case when she, he said certain thing and behaved a certain way in this particular instance. Okay, so that's something to acknowledge and to deal with. But when you go global, in the heat of the moment when you're in pain, you're not just looking at the particular incident. You're saying, now my spouse is never like, never cares. That is what happens a lot. Like in this case where the wife was left out of, uh, uh, in the freezing cold for a half hour, and it's understandable that she was hurt and she feels abandoned and he needs to apologize for it. But what happens is, is she says, she like traces back to everything. He never cared about me. He's always selfish. And it's understandable when you're upset, that's what goes through your mind. But you need to recognize, even in your pain, the healthy, true perspective of things, of what you're experiencing, is what you're experiencing is a stressful point in the moment on a specific thing that's taking place, not on the overall relationship and not that this always happens. So the key really is, is that if there is things that you are bringing up, Stay to the local, localize it. Stay local. Don't go global. Stick to what actually happened. And that's it. So, for example, what happened when we came late? I was embarrassed. Okay, that's it. In this particular instance, not dredging up things that happened, a laundry list from who knows how long ago. Right? And so, so when you said that comment, I felt hurt. That particular comment. Not going to a whole history of marriage that you always did this, I never did this. You stick to the local aspect of what occurred that limits the damage and you're actually accomplishing something because you're, you're correcting a particular problem and you're not dredging up old things. And part of this is, is not to throw in um, you know, the kitchen sink and let it escalate. So for example, she may tell him, you're always late. And he will respond back, I'm always late. You start talking to me about that. I'm going to give you a laundry list of my complaints. And she'll still go on why you're always late. And he says, don't, don't start with me. And she'll go again, you're always late. I can't handle it. And then, okay. And then she'll, he'll start going and giving her a laundry list. And this is what escalates a fight into negative ways. You don't, what he calls, Vincent Schaefer, not to throw in the kitchen sink. Doesn't make a difference what the issue is, whether it's lateness, spending, parenting, respect. Stick to the particular issue and stick to the particular incident. Don't bring up everything else that's wrong or what went, what went wrong since the time you met. It's very, very tempting. This is another Nisayan that healthy adults need to fight back on and not fall into. 
that if they are disagreeing about a particular issue now, make it fear. We know we're not each other's, we're not perfect. We know each other may have a list of complaints and there's many, many annoying things that we annoyed. We all do stuff. We all make it hard for our spouse to live with us. Let's just stick to this particular subject that we're talking about now and work through it. Not to come to the conclusion, okay, he he doesn't love me, never loved me. She He will think she doesn't respect me, never respects me. No, that's limit it to the, whatever the incident was. So that is a very, very important side also when you're disagreeing. Another thing is never do what he calls a character assassination, which is murder. This proves you are an irresponsible person, period. Or this proves that you are not trustworthy. This shows me that you do never cared. You don't care. This shows me you're a lazy bum. This shows me you're totally unreliable. That's character assassination. That's Ritzicha. If you stop discussing the particular incident and instead broaden the issue to go through and give label and pass judgment on your spouse's entire character, what you're doing is you're escalating the fight far beyond the actual incident that occurred because you're negating the person be'etzem. You're saying that they're damaged goods, and that's not true, and it's not something that your spouse is going to accept. You're forcing your spouse to argue with you, because if it's a particular issue that's upsetting you now, and you're discussing it, and your spouse hears it, then he or she will react to the particular incident. But if you label them with a character assassination, you're always a lazy bum, that throws them then what they're going to do is they're going to, like they say, what we said you shouldn't do is throw back the kitchen sink at your husband or wife and counterattack. I'm a lazy bum, I'll tell you what you are. And then it escalates again. So never assassinate your spouse's character. Focus on the particular, if you're already going to disagree about something upsetting that took place, focus on the etzem behavior, the specific behavior that created the distress, not the person but that particular behavior that caused you the, the pain. And you limit it to that. And if you do this all the time, that at, through the bumps in the roads of marriage, even when things come up that you hurt each other, but you zoom in while you're working with each other, zoom in on the particular behavior alone, and you work through it and you apologize and accept the apology, then it doesn't build. It, you let go and you move on. And that's very, very important. Then he says something that's interesting because a lot of people say, uh, and this is so important because people make this mistake. People tell each other this advice. Don't go to sleep angry if you have a disagreement and work it out no matter what. Even if it's if it's late and you have to stay up till two in the morning, don't go to bed angry with each other. Now, people who give this advice are well-meaning but it's not healthy advice. It usually backfires. Why does it backfire? Because staying up late means that you're very tired, you're under stress, you're cranky, you're less tolerant. It won't help resolve the issue. You're not going to resolve it that particular night. So when you tell them, don't go to sleep until you worked it out, it's not good advice. It's usually counterproductive advice because right now you're not in the mode. 
So if you see, it's very important, especially if it's getting later in the night and you're both upset about something. Some, it's probably healthier to tell each other, you know, we're not getting anywhere right now. We're each getting more and more upset. Let's drop it for now and talk about it tomorrow. This is not stonewalling. This is, he explains it very carefully. Stonewalling means you just shut the other person out and you don't want to discuss anything at all. This is different. This you're telling each other, we're not stonewalling. We're not beating around the bush. We're not avoiding the issue. We both know, understand that just right now it's very late. We're very tired and we're not equipped now to handle it. We will discuss it when we get enough rest, when we're fresh, and we'll talk to each other the next day and we will clarify this. We will take care of this. You're putting it on hold. That's a healthy thing to do. And you wait till the next day. So this side of sleep on, don't don't get be be upset at each other. Uh, uh, you know, before you go to sleep, make shalom. It sounds nice, but very often because it's stressful, you need to both say, "Let's let go of it now. We'll readdress it tomorrow when we're both more rested." So again, you're not running away from the issue. You could bring it up tomorrow. And usually when you get up in the morning, the next morning, you may not remember you, what you were fighting about. It may have been as insignificant as that. Or you'll see it in a much calmer way and you're more capable of working out. And this problem that last night because you were tired and stressed looked like a big balloon problem, today looks like a much smaller problem, easier to get resolved. And it won't spiral out of control. It won't destroy the fabric of the relationship especially if you acknowledge, like we said in last year, I was wrong, I'm sorry, and the other spouse is gracious and forgiving, like we said about this year, and life goes on, and you could have a wonderful, beautiful marriage. Bracha and atzlacha.